Blog Talk Radio. Founder, co-creator of the Unmuted Main Street Universe Radio Network, who's dealing with technical difficulties right now, who I'm going to very much complain about very soon because I pay money for this. <laughs> but we're going to continue the show, and here we are with Green Magic, Green Medicine with Susan Weed. Thank you. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Nothing more frustrating than the frustration of being frustrated with technology. Oh, <laughs> multiple times. I mean, I call. Multiple times, really. The call and call, and it's busy, busy, busy. I'm like, for multiple shows, uh, it's just, um, uh, you know, I'm not trying to drive it in the ground, but <laughs> it's just. But hey, right, 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 right. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, this is a time to relax and to be with someone awesome like Susan Weed. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that we got on for tonight, and it was we were all sad that we had to miss last week. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, you know, human beings 
as we are various and always at odds with ourselves, um, I, w- I also went, oh, goody, you know, more free time. So, okay. <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> In fact, We're never I've had a breakup band recently. And all now, are we? No. No. But, We're human beings. We specialize in being of two minds. <laughs> but, you know, it works how it works. I'm friends with all involved, and it is a certain freedom. It's a certain sadness, a certain, you know, all of those things that happen with a breakup. You know. Yes. Well, I stuck my little marker in the Eleuthero, but I don't really exactly remember where we left off. So, let's start off by saying that we have been spending our time really looking deeply into a book called Herbal Antibiotics, Natural Alternatives. For Treating Drug-Resistant Bacteria by Stephen Herod Booner. Yes. And on the back of this, it said, This book will save your life. Literally, superbugs have moved out of our hospitals and into our streets. Do you know how to help yourself and those you love if you contract such an infection? Now you you do. That's by Susan Weed, the author of Healing Wise, who is reading to you from this book, Plant Chemistry. Eleutherocides A through M. Siwugenocides, Eleutherans, Isofraxidin, Fredolin, Beta Cytosterol, Dancosterol, Ethylgalactoside, Chlorogenic Acid, <clears throat> Rosmarinic Acid, and so on. And it's true. The constituents of any of these plants go on for pages and pages and pages. There are hundreds of constituents in different plants. One that might have stood out for you from that list is beta-cytosterol, which is a compound also found in saw palmetto and vitex, which makes those plants very hormonally active. So we might say to ourselves, oh, that's also found in Eleutherococcus, uh, formerly known as Siberian ginseng. That might mean that this would be a helper if I thought I needed help with my hormones. And you might have perked your ears up at rosmarinic acid. That, of course, was first found in rosemary. It's being investigated as a food preservative. It is one of the most powerful antioxidants that we have found, and we've been doing a lot of research into antioxidants over the past few decades. Rosmarinic acid is a tremendous um, antioxidant food preservative. Rosemary, of course, was traditionally used. What rosemary? For remembrance, to keep things. Rosemary, to keep things. And there it is in Eleutherococcus. A lot of people think that the eleutherocides, remember there's eleutherocides A through M, that's eleutheroside A, eleutheroside B, da 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 that the eleutherocides are the important adaptogenic and immune constituents, especially eleutheroside B and perhaps eleutheroside E. Chlorogenic acid is a fairly strong antioxidant and an anti-hyperglycemic, so it counters high blood sugar. 
with antiviral, antibacterial, and antifungal actions. It slows the movement of glucose into the blood. Rosmarinic acid is a potent antioxidant and anti-inflammatory with antiviral and antibacterial actions. Eleutherocyte B content in the bark of the woody stems is about four times that of the root. The eleutherocyte E content is only about a third that of the root. Traditionally, it has been the root that is used. The fruit has about the same eleutherocyte E content as the stem bark, but only about one-tenth of the eleutherocyte B content. The stem bark has about 50% more chlorinogenic acid than the roots, but only half the amount of rosmarinic acid that the roots have. The fruits have half as much chlorogenic acid, but eight times as much rosmarinic acid. Do you suddenly feel that you are taking a test in third grade here? (laughs) I don't know what has come over me, but the way that that Stephen is is uh, putting this out that makes me think, oh no, now I'm going to have to figure if A equals B here, <laughs> but I... He's okay. Neither <laughs> what he's saying is if it you is can the- use woody stems, the roots, or the fruit, and that they have different constituents. <clears throat> da, 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 da. As Stephen would say, really? Yes, really. Of course they have different constituents. And I find it quite fascinating that we actually know um, what the levels of those constituents are. However, I also know from my own research into this, like um, in new menopausal years, I have a long list of nutritive constituents, vitamins and minerals found in foods and found in plants. And in trying to find out, you know, how much calcium is in how much of this plant or in how much of this food, I found there was a lot of variation. And, well, duh, Susan, the variation, of course, has to do with where it's grown and how it's handled and how it's prepared. So although he's saying it has eight times as much as this or half as much as that, um, I'm not so sure that we should take that as, shall we say, the gospel. Plus, we don't even really know that it is a particular constituent, as we've mentioned before, and as most herbalists will tell you, um, we do indeed hold a very powerful and very strong belief in the idea that all of the constituents in the plant working together are more important than any one of them. And it's one of the reasons why very few herbalists will use standardized tinctures except in a few exceptional cases. And he continues, the fruits are high in ruticide, the stem bark does not have so much. And so if you want to know all that specific information, you can check it out here. But it sure looks like um, you could use the roots, the woody stalks, or the fruit, or any combination thereof. Eleutherococcus has been used in China for several thousand years but it has been brought into prominence by intensive Russian research in the latter half of the 20th century. The emerging herbal renaissance 
in the United States caught wind of Eleuthero, retitled the plant Siberian ginseng, and a boom was born. It became the major herb of the day until it was supplanted by rhodiola, the new kid on the block. And Stephen Herod Booner says Ayurvedic medicine has not used this plant, or at least anywhere that I can find. Traditional Chinese medicine um, has used it for relieving rheumatic conditions, strengthening tendons and bones, for rheumatic arthralgia, for weakness in the legs, for retarded walking in children, and for general weakness and debility. It's called siwujia in the Chinese system, and it has a fairly strong presence. The Chinese consider the root, stems, leaves, and fruit to be effective medicinals. They consider it to be a vital energy tonic, a spleen invigorator, a kidney tonic, and a tranquilizer. It's used when there's weakness and soreness in the lower back and knees, physical weakness, when the spleen and the kidneys are in distress, when there's insomnia, when there's disturbed dreams, and for those who are dealing with anorexia. And uh, Stephen May says, hey, the Chinese have done some pretty interesting research on this plant. When I turn the page, I see, oh, my goodness, some very, three very dense pages of research here. So let's get started with that research. Eleutherococcus has a number of complex effects on the body, but there are four important ones. One, it has effects on the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal system. Two, it affects the immune system. Three, it affects the liver and the pancreas. And four, it affects the heart and the circulatory system. These actions combine to produce the plant's unique adaptogenic actions. And we're going to hear... Stephen is going to now look at each one of these systems. The hypothalamus pituitary adrenal system. Eleutherococcus maintains the functioning of this system at optimum levels, altering its functions in response to external factors. As well, Eleuthero appears to act as an adrenal tonic, helping to restore both adrenal function and health in overworked and damaged adrenals. If a person is under severe stress, this system ramps up. When the stress is less, this system lowers its activity. So the adaptogenic powers of Eleutherococcus help us to deal with that. They help the body to adapt to stressors no matter what they are. The result is more energy, greater endurance, and enhanced response capacity whenever there is a demand on the system. The immune system. Eleutherococcus has the same effects on the immune system. That is, it maintains immune functioning at optimum level in response to outside stressor. In this instance, the stressors are disease organisms entering the body. Studies have found that how the immune system responds depends on what kind of disease stressor is coming in. 
Different parts of the immune system are activated to match the particular type of stressor. Eleuthero has particularly strong effects on the spleen and spleen functioning. Liver and pancreas. Eleutherococcus strongly affects the way the body deals with glucose, both in the liver and in the pancreas, essentially optimizing both organs as it comes to glucose and then optimizing the actions of glucose throughout the body. This will substantially increase energy level and optimizes our ability to burn fuel. Heart and circulatory system. Eleutherococcus affects the heart itself and vessel functioning, optimizing oxygen uptake availability and use throughout the body. Again, this increases energy and endurance. Any tendency toward hypoxia is reduced, no matter what the cause. Pharmacokinetic studies have found that the constituents from Eleutherococcus are first concentrated in the liver, kidneys, spleen, and pancreas. Within two to four hours, they then concentrate in the pituitary, heart, and adrenals. There are lesser concentrations found in the thymus, the testes, and the brain. The concentration in the adrenals is three times that of any other organ. The constituents, once they reach their target organ, exert specific effects. In the pancreas, the constituents of Eleutherococcus concentrate on the islets of Langerhans, which are responsible for insulin synthesis. Eleutherococcus stimulates more efficient functioning of these islets, protecting them from damage, and it both reverses and prevents injury to these islets. This is part of the way that Eleutherococcus affects glucose metabolism. It also helps the resynthesis of glycogen in the liver and throughout the body. Thus, as glycogen levels fall during exertion, Eleutherococcus helps them to be resynthesized very rapidly, thus ensuring that energy level stays remarkably high. In the spleen, Eleuthero stimulates the production of antibodies and facilitates the removal of antibody-coated bacteria. The production of monocytes is increased and their movement to injured tissue is facilitated, as is their transformation into macrophages. This increases phagocytosis, macrophage activity, and both innate and adaptive immune responses. Dendric cell numbers and function are also increased. Dendric cells are highly present in tissues that contact the external environment, skin, nose, lungs, stomach, intestines, and the blood. Dendritic cells interact with T and B cells to initiate and shape adaptive immune responses. They are a crucial and major part of the immune system, and they are highly activated by Eleutherococcus. In essence, they become more potently adaptable in their immune responses in the presence of Eleutherococcus. 
Eleutherococcus's effects on the immune system are both stimulatory and modulatory. That is, the potency and sensitivity of the system is increased. And how it behaves after that depends on the stressors the body is experiencing. Numerous studies in vivo show that Eleutherococcus significantly increases the survival time and number of survivors of mice injected with lethal microbes, irrespective of the disease organism used. It is Eleutherococcus is highly stimulatory of the adaptive immune response. It helps the body effectively deal with both pollutants and toxins, as well as diseases. Additionally, Eleutherococcus has some direct antiviral action. It inhibits the human rhinovirus, the respiratory syncytial virus, and influenza A. This, combined with its immune actions, makes it a perfect herb in helping to prevent viral infections. One Russian study on young men using Eleutherococcus found a significantly reduced incidence of influenza infection compared to those who did not use Eleutherococcus. Another Russian study of 13,000 auto workers found that those who took Eleutherococcus developed 40% fewer respiratory infections than was normal for their group. And in yet another study, 1,200 auto workers were given Eleutherococcus with tea annually for two months, and disease incidence decreased by 20% to 30%. A number of clinical trials have shown significant immune-enhancing activity even from small doses of Eleutherococcus. These activities include significant increases in immunocompetent cells, specifically T lymphocytes, which are cytotoxic and natural killer cells. Tests of Eleutherococcus have repeatedly shown that it increases the ability of human beings to withstand adverse conditions, increases mental alertness, and improves performance of all activities. People taking Eleutherococcus consistently report fewer illnesses than those who do not take it. Part of its power, its ability to act as a tonic stimulant on the adrenals. Taking Eleutherococcus on a regular basis normalizes adrenal activity and moves adrenal action away from a cortisol catabolic dynamic to a DHEA anabolic orientation. Basically, this move reduces stress and normalizes physiological functioning throughout the entire body. In another Russian clinical trial, 2,100 healthy adults were given Eleutherococcus, and the result was that they were much better able to handle stressful conditions. They showed an increased ability to perform physical labor, to withstand motion sickness, to work with speed and precision, despite loud surroundings. Their ability to accurately proofread documents increased, and they more readily adapted to diverse physical stresses, including high altitude, intense heat, and low oxygen environments. Other studies have found 
that use of a leuterococcus heightens mental alertness, improves concentration, and boosts the transmission of nerve impulses throughout the brain. And I'm going to guess that if it's bursting, improving nerve impulses throughout the brain, it's going to improve nerve impulses in other places as well. There's scores of Russian studies. This just touches on them. There are also studies that have been conducted in the United States and in Europe, most often on athletes' endurance. Yes, taking Lutheroconcus increases the endurance of athletes as well. The Chinese have done a number of studies on the Lutherococcus. Their in vivo studies have found that the plant has a significant calming action in the central nervous system, and it is highly regulatory of the body's response to nonspecific stimuli. It gives us increased tolerance to all kinds of stimuli and gives us increased tolerance to low oxygen. It is protective against radiation exposure, and it is an active detoxicant. So that is quite interesting. Many people are often looking for safe herbs to increase the detoxification. It is also a potent anti-stressor. And it's been used to rectify endocrine disorders, to modulate both red and white blood cell levels, and to improve prove blood pressure levels. In fact, Eleutherococcus has a wide range of activities. Immune modulation, antineoplastic, anti-inflammatory, normalizing of heart function, gametotrophic, and stimulating of tissue regeneration. Chinese clinical studies have found that Eleutherococcus is useful in treating physical symptoms due to anxiety, such as insomnia, palpitations, anxiety, dizziness, and to reverse leukopenia due to radiation. Eleutherococcus is highly effective in treating coronary diseases of various etiologies and to be effective in acute obstruction, cerebral thrombosis, chronic bronchitis in elderly patients, altitude sickness, arthritis, and chronic fatigue, which circles us right back around to the use cited thousands of years ago, which is general weakness and debility. Eleutherococcus centicosis is strongly anti-hepatotoxic. In other words, it helps the liver, helps anything that has been harming the liver to be removed from the liver, and hepatoprotective as well. It is hepatoregenerator, significantly stimulating liver regeneration with in animals that have had portions of their liver surgically removed. That's great. So they surgically remove part of an animal's liver, and then they give them a leutherococcus, and presto zingo, their liver grows back. The liver is amazingly regenerative, and it is said that if a human being has a T 
teaspoon-sized patch of liver still functioning completely well, even if the rest of the liver is cirrhotic or cancerous or has to be removed, that the whole liver can regenerate from that little piece. And now we know that eleutherococcus is one of the things that will help it to regenerate. Studies have found eleutherococcus to have anti-cancer, antioxidant, and anti-inflammatory activity and to be of great value in treating ischemic stroke, to be neuroprotective, and to increase mental alertness. And Stephen says there is a lot of reading that you can do about eleutherococcus. It is one of those somewhat underused and unsung herbs. So let's see. In this book, Herbal Antibiotics by Stephen Herod Booner, we started out by talking about some of the general information that he gave. And then we moved into looking at specific plants. And we have, at this point, looked at Artemisia from the systemic antibiotics, honey from the localized non-systemic antibiotics, ginger from the synergistic herbal antibiotics, and then astragalus, Hmm? Rishi. Rishi, the mushrooms? Rishi, the mushroom. And bone set from strengthening the immune system. And Eleuthero is also in the strengthening the immune system. One, so there, this is certainly is not the end of the book. We talked about berberines and juniper in the localized non-systemics. So I see that one of the herbs we haven't talked about is usnea. Okay. I'm leaving tomorrow for California. I'll be back next Monday, so our show will go on as usual. But why don't we talk about usnea next Tuesday? Because it's one of the few mosses that herbalists use. Moss, lichen, I'm not totally sure which it is. You know the stuff that hangs off trees? It's called Spanish moss? Yeah. Usnea looks a lot like that. Okay. But I don't think that's really moss. I think it's a lichen, right? Uh, yes, it could be a technical difference, but a very similar, similar, uh, kind of, yeah, well, mosses are usually like green and underfoot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So, Uznia, it will be for all of us when we get back together again next week, and I will have, uh, Uznia grows all over the place, but I especially associate it with being out in California. So... You can see what you can find about um, Usnia. I would be very surprised to find that it's ever been used magically. It's one of those kind of esoteric herbalists. You know, they say, oh, it's the actor's actor. Well, this is kind of an herbalist herb, Usnia. Oh, okay. Okay. um, You probably didn't have people coming in the store and saying, I want some Usnia. No. So it's uh, a little bit of homework is what you're saying. 
If you're interested, see what you can find out about it. Because I say that in a good way. Say that in a good way. Yeah, because I think it's a pretty interesting plant. Yes. It's not going to be like the great, you know, we're not talking belladonna, marijuana. It's going to be something people don't know all that much about in the sexy magic world, right? (laughs) In the sexy magic world, exactly. But I'm sure that we can come up with something once we start thinking about it. Of course. Of course. Make it sexy and magic somehow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) To be continued then, thanks so much for letting me uh, be part of Main Street here and to have this opportunity to enjoy life with you. Thanks for having our Main Street for us. And uh, remember, everybody, herbal medicine is people's medicine. It's the medicine that grows right outside your door. Green blessings. Good night. Thank you so much, Susan, for being part of it. And remember that Main Street Universe, the name means, or the motto is, is that the mysteries and possibilities of the universe are closer to Main Street than you may have ever imagined. Thank you all. This is Green Magic, Green Medicine with Susan Wheat. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.
Thank you. 